This is the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 34. My guest today is my cousin who works at a company called Marketplace Commodities. They buy and sell grain on the prairies. I love hitting these guys up when I'm trying to predict what the price of feed is going to do. In this podcast, I'm made aware of just how little I know about commodities. Please welcome my guest, Matt Busicum. This podcast is made possible by Livestock Veterinary Services in Pitcher Butte, Alberta. Livestock Veterinary Services provides a wide range of services for livestock, including dairy herd management, cow-calf herd management, advanced reproduction services, medicine and surgery, and many more. If you're ready to see their expert veterinary team, call Livestock Vet Services today at 403-732-5322 or make an appointment at livestockvet.ca. This podcast is also brought to you by Chinook Dairy Service. Did you know that Chinook Dairy Service can fine-tune and optimize the performance of all brands of milking equipment? Call Chinook for a free milking system evaluation. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Nice to be here. Yeah, so so you work for Marketplace Commodities. I do. What do you do there? Uh, so I am a grain merchant. We buy and sell uh, feed grain, pulses, oil seeds, yeah, anything and everything, really. Um, take us through that process. So if I call, I have something to sell, what do you... So if you're selling something, if you've got grain for sale, we'll uh, pay you a fair, you know, accurate price uh, for yep. the time period, and um, we'll we'll make sure we get it picked up. We'll make sure we get you paid on time. Yeah. And we're in turn selling it to somebody who needs to buy something. Right. So you, like, you're the middleman type of thing. Right. Like, so why do people need to use you, use you? So if you're a buyer. Uh, we can source a lot of grain for you. If you need to right. buy a lot, you know, a large volume of grain, we can source a lot of grain for you. We have the manpower for that. Yeah, yeah. They don't have to go through the rigmarole of finding That's right. a couple loads. And I see. So what uh, what do you move most of? Probably our biggest commodities are uh, feed barley and feed, feed wheat, you know, feed grains. Oh, yeah. To feed lots and... I guess in and out of feedlots, right? Into feedlots, that's into, right. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. And from Saskatchewan or mostly here in Southern Alberta? Um, all over the prairies. Really? Wherever wherever there's grain for sale. And then you guys move um, stuff to ports too, right? Like you'll buy from from guys and then send it to ports, right? Oh, we do. We also buy, uh, that's what that's where we would, that's what we would do with our pulses and oil seeds that we buy and milling grain. Right. Uh, we buy it, we put it in containers and... Uh, ship it wherever there's a buyer. Right, and in sea cans or what yep. do you, how do how do you do that with that blower you guys got have like? Uh, it's more it or... of an auger than anything really. It's just kind of a conveyor that. Oh okay. Uh, you back into and it shoots the grain into a container. Right, it's like a like a CP uh, rail container. That's right? right. Is that who kind of trucks it? Or? Yep, that's yeah. right. So you can put it on a on a chassis and they'll take it to Calgary. Put right. it on a train and they'll take it to Vancouver and they'll put it on a boat. That's or basically they'll take it to Vancouver and put it in a smaller container and put it on a boat. Oh, weird. A lot of it yeah, because I was going to ask that. Like, you're, are you blowing them right full or, or packing them right full of, uh, let's say, um, what did you say, milling wheat? or uh, Milling wheat, pulses, oil seeds. So that could be canola. Like, oil right. seeds would be canola. Um, pulses would be lentils, chickpeas, 
Yeah. Yellow yeah. peas, green peas, those sorts of things. Yeah. And they're, those containers are right full then? or um, kind of goes by weight, right? It does. It goes by weight. So we'll load uh, the, the, as, as much weight as we're allowed to in a container here. Right. And then we'll send it to Vancouver and put it into a smaller container that's packed right full. Right, just for the roads the or whatever on the way on the way there, you're limited with weight. That's right. And then for the for the boat, you can pack them fuller. We can pack it a little more efficiently. Right. Yeah. We've also recently started loading twenty or uh, yeah twenty foot containers inland too, so we can we can fill those oh, right okay. up. Those ones we actually stand on end and fill oh, them. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, is that what that big uh, new new, uh, new thing is? Yeah, oh, okay. Okay, I, th- I thought it was just another leg that you guys were putting up next to the other one. But you, oh, does the whole truck go on there too? No, just a container. The okay. container comes off the chassis and tips up. Right. And it gets filled and the doors are closed and then it gets set back down. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So you guys have to have like a big forklift, one of those massive forklifts, It's just a right? hydraulic uh, lift, basically. It's all... It's yeah, but forklift. to take it off the... the it's setting. all stationary, though. Oh. It you drive the you drive the truck through right. and stop so the container's right where it needs to be and it's yeah. just a frame that picks up the container oh, and I lifts see. it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, because I've seen those ones where the whole truck goes on and then it empties it right. for some yep. reason. Yeah, I don't know what they're used for, but yeah, that's for unloading trucks that can't hoist or can't. Yeah, right. But th- this would be, I guess, a similar, uh, you know, idea yeah. except it's for loading. And that back door is never blown open, like. No, the containers have a bulkhead in them too, which is. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, like a baffle. Like uh, a... Yeah, it's something that holds the grain in. So even if the doors were to pop open, it would likely hold everything in there. Oh, weird. So. Huh. And then to unload them in China or wherever they where are they going to? Uh, mainly Southeast Asia, but um, stuff going to really anywhere, anywhere in the world. Huh. And how they unload it on the other end, that's their problem. That's their problem. Don't worry about <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> huh. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's mainly why I wanted to talk to you, because because of the price of commodities just skyrocketing, right? Yeah, it's really, it's it's gone pretty crazy here in the last uh, you know, yeah. year or so. Yeah, absolutely nuts. Like, have you ever seen anything like this? or? I haven't been in the industry for very long. I've only been doing this for uh, about eight a little over eight years, and it's certainly prices that I've ever, never seen. Yeah. But they're record feed prices, you know. I, I believe all-time records for... Uh, yeah. I for, imagine you've seen a graph at one point, like a long-term graph. Yeah. Like, oh, this is weird. A giant <laughs> spike on this <laughs> That's end. That's right. It, yeah, it's just crazy. Like, So a lot of your containers are going to Southeast Asia. Yep. Um, the Those are probably not the highest price things like canola for example is you know basically double what, what it was a year ago right um and that's just going to the u.s um or is that going to asia too uh some of that goes overseas as well it's going to asia as well a lot of it is just domestic crush huh. you know, domestic use as well and so not to the port then then it would just go on a truck somewhere else yeah go on a truck to there's crushed plants all over the prairies yeah right right so I guess we're getting a new one, actually. Uh, where, where is that again? There's a couple new ones coming up in, I think they're both in Regina. One in Regina and one in, uh, don't quote me on this, Yorkton. Uh, Viterra's building a new one and Cargill's building a new one. Right. So, so is that big news for you guys? Is that pretty important? Or? Um, it 
probably won't affect us much here. They're in Saskatchewan. Uh, most canola doesn't travel that far to get crushed on the prairies here. Really? We've got, you know, a big crush plant in Lethbridge. Um, Is that Richardson? Yep. Okay. You know, and there's another one in Camrose. Cargill has one in Camrose, so that's not too far away. And they, they would all do the same quality? Yeah. Like they would all do food grade quality stuff? Yeah, they're crushing the canola for the oil yeah. and, uh, you know, and the meal too, but... Right. Yeah, I guess it would all be uh, food grade, aside from like heated uh, canola or whatever. That's right. right. No, it would be all number one canola. Crushing. Yeah. Huh. And uh, and so most of your barley goes to feedlots in the area, which is a pretty quick trip, right? That's right. And then as far as um, like malt barley, we don't typically trade a lot of malt barley. Okay. We will buy malt barley if it's rejected. You know, it doesn't make malt quality or right. malt uh, spec. Then we'll buy it and it gets used as feed. But that's just not your your ballpark is feed stuff and then and export. Then that's right. Oh, excuse me. Some malt barley. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's cool because uh, I guess uh, Vandervolks do some malt barley and they I guess they'd be shipping to places like Chilliwack to make coors. Yep. Yeah, they uh, they're malt. I don't know if they ship it that far, but. There's a lot of malt buyers, uh, you know, in Alberta, in the U.S., in Montana. There's companies right. that buy malt. Yeah, yeah. And you guys were bagging feed at uh, Marketplace for a while too, right, or something like that? We have in the past. We've bagged, yeah. uh, at one time we bagged some rye, you know, in 50-pound uh, bags. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of the stuff that we load in containers here and goes to the port, like they'll transload into smaller containers, more efficient containers, or they'll, you can also get it packed in bags right and yeah, occasionally yeah. we have product that 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 happens to as well huh and uh do you guys move a lot of soybeans like there's not too too much soybeans grown in this area right? uh not a whole lot it's a crop that uh, a lot of people have tried not so much in this area i uh, here and there but uh, more around brooks duchess up in that country they, they're they're trying to grow some soybeans they have varieties that are huh. uh, don't don't take quite as long to mature is there more heat units out out east? Perhaps a little more heat units there too. Yeah. Huh. It's not a. It, it doesn't seem to work well here. Uh, from what I understand, is we don't have warm enough nights. Nighttime temperatures get too low for soybeans. Just in September, or you're talking in, e, when we're seeding? In all year. Oh. Like we don't have the the heat units. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Where's the farthest you've uh, sourced grain from or shipped to? Uh, the farthest we've sourced it. Um, feed grain as far away as, you know, North Dakota, Manitoba. Really? Just for feedlots in the, in yeah. the area? Yeah. Huh. Um, the corn that gets fed here, a lot of it comes from, you know, most of it's U.S. corn. Right. So that would come from, you know, the Midwest. So you would find that for, for these feedlot guys too? Some of it comes in on trucks, but most of that would come in, uh, on trains. Okay. But you would you would find that for them off the train too. You'd take care of that too. Or? Yeah, that's right. We'll buy it huh. railed into Southern Alberta. And where does that come off at? Uh, any of the mainline elevator elevators, Richardson, Viterra. Right. So, like, you guys are right next to the tracks there. You couldn't get a spur line, or is that that's a whole political thing? That right? is, we don't have access to to. Uh, that's weird. And it would be, from what I understand, pretty difficult to get a yeah. Because you see those elevators being taken down, like like uh, Viterra will have like this big, you know, 15-year-old elevator. 
and they'll just rip it down so that no one else can use it or something. Well, all the old elevators all over the prairies, they've disappeared. You know, yeah. That used to be. Well, some of them farmers use, but they, you can't reuse the track or something. You can't make it no, a No, typically line, right? those tracks are too old and oh. um, the the line companies now, and the rail, rail companies, they want to load... You know, they want to load unit trains. Yeah, They yeah. want to load 100 cars, 110 cars, or 130 cars, whatever. They yeah. don't want to load 25 cars. Right, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got a schedule to keep, too, as we've found out in the past. I think they're, like, this year, it, they're fine, right? The rail's kind of keeping up. And, this year, they've, uh, I believe, moved record amounts of grain. Yeah. You know, because we've exported record amounts of grain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's like, if they make too much money, like I think happened this year with one of the railways, they get um, penalized too. Like they, they're supposed to ship a certain amount of grain, but they're not supposed to make too much. I read this in the news. Is that okay? Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I know they can, I don't know how exactly it works, but I, I know they, uh, I, I didn't actually know they could get penalized, but if they're not moving grain fast enough, they're mm-hmm. a lot of pressure. They on get penalized fast, for that yeah. too. Yeah. But I didn't realize there was a limit on how much they could. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I think they're uh, like a, not a public company, but like um, aren't they, doesn't Canada own part of, doesn't the federal government own part of the railways? I actually don't know. I think CP Rail is a, well, I think it's a publicly traded company, but I Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's any government ownership. I, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, me neither, actually. Huh. But you, so you'll source all sorts of stuff from the Midwest then too. You know, corn would be the main thing we'd uh, we'd right. pick out of there. But huh. I guess uh, corn distillers as well, like DDGs. Yeah, yeah. That comes from most of that comes from the U.S. as well. Any for dairies or mostly just feedlots? Oh uh, yeah, we would. That stuff would go to dairies. Huh. DDGs, corn. Uh, those those are things that we'd ship to dairies. Yeah, yeah. Huh. How has uh, COVID changed your job in the last couple of years? Uh, other than the fact that it kept us out of the office here and there, not a whole lot. We're fairly oh, yeah. essential in, right? Yeah, in the sense that we have, you know, we've got animals to feed, and you know, it's yeah. some of it's human consumption too. Right. So yeah, I mean, we've got to keep moving. Got to keep moving grain. Yeah. And so you guys have a office in Saskatoon too? We do. We just opened this office in right. Saskatoon uh, two, coming on two years ago. Okay, yeah. So huh. help us to be just a little more connected out there. Um, we've always sourced grain in, in, you know, in Saskatchewan, but it's nice to have people on the ground there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of um, canola acres out there too. and There is. It's like 20, 20 million in Canada or something. Crazy. Oh, I don't even know what the canola acres are. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. I think it's it's actually down this year for some reason. I thought it would be up. Something crazy like that. And then t- like over 10,000 in BC, which I thought was odd. But I guess up in Peace River, they have a bunch of um, cropland suitable to that sort of thing. There is some up there too, yeah. So we just seen a stats can acreage report here a little while ago. Uh, let me, I just got to pull it up here because I can't remember it all off the top of my head. But I think they were projecting barley acres to be up uh, 14 some percent. Um, let's see here. It's crazy that wheat is still the number one export for Canada. 
We grow a lot of wheat in Canada. I thought canola would be by, by far, but... And we grow a lot of wheat in Canada, and, and uh, fairly, you know, wheat that's generally been in fairly high demand, too. We grow good wheat here. Is that right? Better than places like Ukraine or Russia? Or? Uh, higher protein. Really? Yeah, we huh. grow better quality. And, and same with canola. We, bro- we grow better canola here. Higher oil, oil content. Huh. We also grow like 40% of the world's demand or something. Like, I don't know where else they grow it. So all, all canola acres, uh, about 22,000 is what it looks like. Oh, in Alberta? Seeded, no, and this is Canada, seeded acres. 22,000? 22,000 is, uh, is what the trade is guessing for the 2021 crop year. So it'll be 21, 22, I guess. Uh, barley, they're predicting... Man, I was way right off around, 20 million. Sorry, that's... got to add three zeros to that. So 22 million. Oh. And then barley, about 8 million, uh, which I think it could potentially be a little higher than that, in my opinion, with where barley is priced. Uh, all wheat acres, about 20, just shy of 24 million. Wow. I didn't know that. So. Uh, so is that something you, that you keep track of as far as, like, what uh, the pricing's on? Or how do you how do you price feed it? Like, does it all go off corn and soy? Uh, in Chicago a, or something? Yeah, it has a lot to do with the, you know, the underlying futures markets. Um, you know, the the corn, Chicago corn, you know, and what wheat trades at in Minneapolis, Kansas, Chicago. Huh. Um, but ultimately, it's supply and demand. You know, it's it's whatever we can buy it for and it's whatever we can sell it for. Yeah. And as long as China keeps buying type of thing, it'll just keep going up? Or? That's, well... Because that's the main, the that, main question that, people are asking. Pretty good, that's been a big driver, I think. Yeah. You know, international demand, China especially, has been a big, uh, you know, pull on that, commodities. Not like the only pull, though, or...? Um, they, it, it's the biggest demand right now, I think. You know, it's what, it's what you know, kind of drove prices up. Huh. Um, we have a, you know, the, the whole planet's... Growing population, though there's, there's been demand everywhere. Yeah, but what's driving that demand, and how how can we tell if it's going to stop and plummet? You know, I think China is a good example. They uh, kind of had their uh, inventories depleted, perhaps a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to tell what's going on there. For sure, you never really know what's going on in China, but <laughs> yeah, uh, with the the African swine fever that they were dealing with. Right. Um, they didn't have as many pig to feed, pigs to feed. They let their inventories run down. Oh, last year. Yeah, huh. and, they, and they had to kind of build it back up. Um, huh. You know, from what I understand. Does that trade deal in the U.S. affect um, any of that? Like, maybe uh, more product going to the U.S. that China would have taken, or something like that? Not really. Hmm. Everything still finds uh, uh, a home. A home. Yeah. It's just how it gets there. It's just the arbitrage that it. Huh. you know, takes to get there. Yeah, yeah. So y- you guys are, like, um, I can sell canola off the combine for, like, was it 15? I-, I believe you can lock in canola for around 15 bucks, or north 15 even, for uh, That's nuts. September, October delivery. And then what about cash? Is that what you call that, when you can sell it out of the bin? Like, if I had some in the bin today? Yeah, that would be the cash price. And what's that at? I uh, heard some trade this week. Uh, about twenty fifty a bushel, twenty dollars and fifty cents a bushel. Wow, 
So. So what is that? Um, if you get, uh, let's say, forty bushels an acre or something like that. Mm. Is that the kind of the dry land um, average around here? I that sounds you know perhaps right. I'm not a farmer or it uh, depends on the weather. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what about uh, barley? What's barley cash right now? So cash barley today is trading probably uh, three forty to three fifty a metric ton, somewhere in that range. That's crazy. Um, which is yeah a record, as far as I know. Um, you know, that's worth, it's not worth, uh, you know, you can't, I don't think it's quite as productive as growing a canola or something like that, but it, it's worth an awful lot of money too. Yeah. It's a pretty easy crop to grow, I think. Yeah. Crazy. Insane. So you figure it'll stay the same, eh? I, you know, that's, that's tough to say. I mean, you never really know what, what the price is going to do, um, at this point in time, it doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot of reason why it would go down. What? It, well, what if China stops buying type of thing? That that could certainly put a an end to the yeah. high prices. Because let's say they're what eighty percent of the demand, or um, I think on a uh, Canada exported about three and a half million tons of barley, close to four million tons of barley. That's probably close to half of our. Uh, huh. Half of our production. Oh, like so far, that this it, you know this last crop year twenty oh yeah two thousand two thousand twenty one yeah twenty twenty and twenty twenty one yeah so now don't quote me exactly on these numbers but <laughs> yeah and we're project well well they've already uh, they've already sold a lot of new crop as well um you know which yeah so are are you um like in a position to lose a bunch of money if it goes down then if not necessarily, or actually not really at all. We we we, try, we we buy and sell every day. Right. So we buy it today and we sell it today. We don't, you know, we don't speculate. We we just oh, okay. we just trade it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. All kind of new stuff. As I I hope to have canola in the ground this week. So uh-huh. <laughs> all of a sudden becomes a very much interesting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, should be interesting. Um. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. And, uh, hope you guys uh, have a really good year this year. So. We're hoping so too. All right, you know. take care. You betcha. Thank you for listening to the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 34 with Matt Busicum from Marketplace Commodities. This podcast is made possible by Chinook Dairy Service. Did you know that Chinook Dairy Service can fine-tune and optimize the performance of all brands of milking equipment? Call Chinook Dairy Service for a free milking system evaluation today. Join me again next week.